Thank you for listening to The Data is My Science Podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data. So, so what are y'all, I mean, so we talk about data tonight, we just talked about how the robots and stuff, you know, may take over, may not, programming and all that good stuff, whatever, you know, but, you know, for all the people that are very, very technical, right, you know, they're, or even the people that's looking to get into programming and stuff, you know, uh, they may want to hear from the experts like you, like Brian and Tyrell, to be able to say, well, hey, what's your, what, what are two, what are top three languages uh, from you all and why, you know? So Tyrell, man, what's your, what's your top three languages, your programming mm-hmm. languages, and why, and why do you like those languages? Uh, I mean, so personally, uh, my favorite language is Java. I mean, I've been using it probably for the last seven years straight, so. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, Java, there's always going to, or at least right now, there's going to be a lot of Java jobs because a lot of applications, uh, Java's been around for like 20, 25 years now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of applications have been written in Java, so they, you know, they need to be maintained or at least uh, migrated. You're going to need to you know, understand what it's doing in Java, mm-hmm. um, right. especially as you know, the developers who originally developed it are retiring and won't be there to you know, walk you through what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you have the Android uh, operating system, which is written in Java. So, probably half or a little less than half, uh, and the devices, in, at least in the states, are probably Android. So, you know, mobile development will be around for a while. And then, uh, I mean, with big data, machine learning, AI, you have you know Python. That's you know starting to rise up the ranks. Um, actually, took a Python class probably like five or seven years ago, something like that just out of boredom and uh yeah it was pretty easy to learn i mean i had experience with pearl before that and it was i thought it was pretty similar to pearl um but but yeah with with ai and uh ml coming up python is probably a good place to start so are those your two uh you don't you don't recommend pearl for anybody you don't like pearl like that i mean i used to love it i used to love it because just i mean it it could be difficult to maintain, but I always found it interesting to see some difficult to maintain code and figure out what it was doing. Yeah. Or at least try to figure out what it was doing. Yeah. What about you, uh, Brian? What's your uh, what's your top languages and, and why? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> of course, uh, I'm going to piggyback off of Tyrell. Java, um, you know, it's 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 what i've <laughs> it's what i've come up on um it's what i've been brought up on um I've, it's it's i guess a well established um language object oriented um bunch of support uh in the tech community um bunch of apis it's it's used a bunch of places um it's still relevant um they they're constantly making updates to it uh you can find a lot of resources online um to try to become familiar with it and um, uh, debug whatever you know, whatever tools you have that that are that use it, um, things like that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Python as well. Uh, I think it's definitely a good language for someone new 
uh, coming into the field to learn. Um, uh, it's an interpreted language, so it's kind of kind of super easy to set up. Um, just run it, um, code and run it. Um, simple as that. Um, it has a bunch of support in the community. Uh, you know, just like I think Tyrell mentioned, uh, machine learning, um, um, AI. I mean, Python is is used with big data. Anything you can think of, there's support for Python for it. I think Python may have may may even have uh, more support than than Java itself. Yeah, um, I was going to ask that. No. Yeah, I I, I personally I think so. I, I I'm I I don't have any empirical evidence that can uh -huh. prove it, but I think Python is a larger community of people that use Python, and 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 the reason I say that is because uh, people that aren't necessarily programmers use Python a lot of times, you know what I mean? Think about data scientists um, oh. or, or even, um, uh, what is this? Uh, what are, not software engineers, what's the other ones? Um, data engineers or? Yeah, um, you know, people that write scripts and uh, maintain networks, um, system engineers, there we go. Ah, a lot of them, a lot of times these people use um, Python to do whatever it is, and 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 believe it or not, a lot of times that's a segue for them to get into software engineering programming in general, um, oh. just from them learning uh, Python and stuff like that. I think my third would be, um, I mean, JavaScript. I mean, everything. If you look at a lot of front end tools, it's most of them are, if not all, are JavaScript based. Oh. JavaScript, TypeScript. You've got Angular, React, Vue. Um, I mean, the list goes on, um, you know, even things like jQuery and stuff like that is all JavaScript based. So if you're, if you're, if you're thinking of getting into uh, like front end development, then JavaScript is, you can't go wrong with JavaScript. So those are my three. Yeah, those are dope, man. I think I side with y'all definitely for Python um, because I feel like Python is just easiest, it's dynamic, you know, being able to, I think I've had to deal with some high performance like algorithms, so I had like some stuff that where I needed a lot of like machine learning done. Mm -hmm. um, and I had big data, right? Like a lot of data and, and, and I had to process through that. So, and I'm only speaking from a data science perspective because um, I know you all have done with more and that, you know, a little bit. And so you, you, you're speaking more from a, a general purpose perspective as well. Uh, which is good because a lot of people out here who listen, they're programmers, they might be trying to get into data science, but they're like, hey, you know, why not use Python because it's general purpose and data science as well. So they can kind of learn both, you know. So I definitely agree with y'all with that. I'm, I, I probably put our programming for me personally at the top of the list. Uh, it's, it's, it's not as easy as Python to me, but uh, because I knew some of the foundational stuff, and of course, nowhere near as y'all, but because I knew some of the foundational uh, stuff of programming, when I got into R, I was like, oh, this is, this is easy for me for data science and stuff, because it, it helps with a lot of the statistical and like the graphics and stuff. You can do graphics in there, but it's really for statistics. You know, if you get care about the z-test scores, the z-test score sample tests and all that crap, if you're getting into that, that's what, that's what R, R is like focused on that. You know, Scala, I think, as well, um, is, is, is focused on that as well. And, and also um, SQL uh, language as well. And, and honestly, believe it or not, SQL is probably one of, if not the most popular um, language for data science right now. 
Um, yeah. Like just on the querying and the editing information that's stored in like those databases, those relational databases and stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think SQL is, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, it's one of those um, languages that gets um, almost grandfathered in. Like uh, right. a, lot, <laughs> a, a lot of, a lot of these big data tools will uh, fall back on a, a SQL interpreter or something like that, uh, just because everybody's used to these relational databases and using SQL. Um, I mean, you, you think about it, you've got HiveQL, you've got uh, 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 any language it'll have a ql but it's always a sql like um language uh, and I, I guess that's just because of the popularity and uh, the fact that a lot of people are used to it so i mean it's just easier for people to um kind of convert over uh, right 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 would you say that's a basic language would you say that's a basic language that everybody should at least know like oh people? absolutely I, I think so right now definitely um um you know, if you would add add a fourth, um, and especially if you're you're, you're talking about data, data science, then SQL, in general, is something uh, I think most people should become um, familiar with. Um, so yeah, All right. So so where where do y'all see programming roles? As I think we talked a little bit about that on the uh, when we were talking about will programming take over. But where do y'all see programming roles in the future, you know, with AI and ML taking over? Um, just to highlight that, you know, for a short period of time, I just want to, because I, I want I want everybody in the audience to, you know, the people who are scared probably, people who are not scared, you know, about programming and stuff, I want them to, you know, see through your mindset, you know, because I know when I, when I look at you two, you know, it doesn't matter, right? You know, you're, you, got, you got developers out here that come along, you got people that, you got AI coming along. You're like, hey, look, I'm I'm going I'm going to get mine regardless. You know, that's how you carry it. You know, I mean, hey, I'm I, it's not like everybody else who who doesn't take advantage of the opportunities or whatever it is who doesn't just take that uh, who doesn't swim, right? You got sink or swim mentality. You know, everybody who doesn't just swim, mm -hmm. right? Those people and uh, people who sink, you know, give them some hope, right? You know, <laughs> where what what role could they possibly play? in that in that data science uh realm right you know when ai takes over or if ml takes over right what's your thoughts on that it's a good question uh, and i'm thinking more of like the programmer right mm -hmm. i mean like like the programmer perspective uh like like do you see yourselves vetting vetting that that do you think that they would ever get to the point where they won't allow a human <laughs> to actually vet the software that's being produced, you know, maybe. No, I think there'll always be a place. <clears throat> I hope, uh, <laughs> let me change that. I hope there's always a place where a human is there to vet. Um, nah, nah, man, make those bold statements. Like, there will never be, because we need to record, we're recording this. Make the bold statements because one day we're gonna come back and be like, Brian said that. You know? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm speaking <laughs> on my own personal beliefs. I personally hope that there is always some human intervention with anything, um, ex especially uh, these with all this automated technology going on. Um, 
because again, it it's it's going to be pretty scary if not. Um, but yeah, I, as far as roles for um, in 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 the yeah, I mean, it, I would I would suggest someone I, I would. So this is what I would suggest. I actually just recently had a conversation, actually today had a conversation with somebody who's uh, getting ready for their last year in, um, in college. Um, definitely get, look into big data um, now, try to get internship because that, that this is, this is where it is. I mean, we, it, it's almost, it's almost ubiquitous now, like everywhere, We've we've been around for so long, and we and I, I mean we as in just humans in general, we have so much data now that big data may not even be called big data in the future. It'll just be called data because it'll become the norm. You know right. what I mean? Oh, right, so right. We might as well get used to it, understand it, understand the tools, um, understand the technology now, um, and 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 try to try to make your place, you know, in it, like try to, try to get some foundation in it so that when that time comes and you get that interview or you, you, uh, your job, your current job shifts into using these new technologies you're already right. familiar with and you have no worries. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's definitely, um, uh, a technology that for a newcomer who's used to, you know, these, um, you know, gigabytes and maybe, maybe petabytes of data. It's definitely something to get used to. Uh, I'm not gonna say a paradigm shift, but it's almost a paradigm shift in your thinking. Uh, there's a lot of concurrency, a lot of parallelization, things, a lot of things that you've just gotta become familiar with, you've gotta understand. Um, and why not, why, why wait? Just get into it now. I mean, that's where the world's going anyway. Right, right, right. That's a great point, man. You know, what's what's your what's your thoughts, Tyrell? Uh, I mean, so the future. I mean, I think in the, in the immediate future, we don't have anything to worry about. Probably mm. not. You know, in our careers or our lifetime, I would say. Mm. Great point. Yeah, career yeah. time. Yeah. But yeah. Um, well, I play in the league right so. <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I think initially, you know, when AI and ML starts to take over more, more tasks, I would I would say, uh, that are currently being done by humans, mm -hmm. um, maybe developers will start, uh, you know, building applications to take advantage of, of this new AI, um, uh, or building platforms on top of the AI things like that, but I mean, if, if AI starts writing code itself, <laughs> maybe we'll just be, maybe we'll just uh, become maintainers of, of hardware. Yeah, yeah, and I think- some, I, I think there'll always be something though. I think that's a great point, man. I think, I think it's okay, right? I mean, I think it's okay to, I don't think this generation, who knows, man, stuff is moving fast, sometimes it moves slow, and you'd be like, what, what, what's going on? But you know, by the time when well, we when our mid thirties now, you know, oh man, mid thirties, man, let's just talk about that. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but, but now we in our mid thirties now. You think about like, all right, well, 
you know, by the time we we think, by the time we decide to retire, you know, it won't fully take over our jobs. You know, I think this is good information for our kids. You know, our kids who are looking for jobs, right, or those teams right now that are out there in the 13, 15-year-old range, the, the even the 20-year-old range, right, looking for jobs, right? Like, like start to realize that you need to prepare yourself to look for some of those roles that have pushed yourself back further, mm-hmm. you know, from the code itself, because eventually you may not be doing the code. Mm-hmm. Like, like it is a difference between like, I mean, I think it is, you know, writing the code and then when you're re- when you're vetting and you got to sit there and you got to look at, at the code and you got to go over it and things like that, and you got to make sure it's right and all that stuff, you know. I mean, I do think there's a possibility that things to make mistakes because most of the time in ML, right, and, and AI, they're only going off of historical data, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to make their decisions. And if they had, if they only have historical stuff to go off of, I mean, who knows? Historical stuff could be wrong. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Historical stuff could be right. You know, it could be some corruption up in there. I don't know. You know, so at the end of the day, before you make it production, you know, it's good to have that human person in there, maybe a couple of them to be able to vet, right? And it can't just be Joe Smo. It got to be somebody who understands coding to a T, maybe even more of a senior person, right, to do that and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think y'all bring good points, man. So uh, one more. Uh, so so what do y'all – all right, so I'll end it uh, with this, right? You know, I mean, I know we're getting close to the time, probably over, you know, the time and stuff. Um, but uh, y'all ain't got nowhere to go with corona season and stuff man yeah <laughs> but but you know what do y'all think you know whoever wants to answer first you know something cool you want to see <laughs> maybe happen in the future right with ai ml i know brian all scared and stuff tyrell tyrell not <laughs> tyrell not scared he's like yo bring it you know but but anyways whoever wants to go you know what do y'all what do y'all see as something being cool that y'all want to see in the future uh with with, with artificial intelligence Oh, well, I, I can, uh, you know, <laughs> the one thing, the one thing, um, well, you all know my stance on it, um, <laughs> but it would be, it would be kind of cool if, um, like, I didn't have to worry about, um, like, groceries or, um, and this is just a actually it's a pretty lame example, but is I, I don't like going to the grocery I don't like going to the grocery store so much that it would be great uh, if something if there was you know we could develop a way to just um, recognize certain patterns of usage how much soap I use how much how much mm-hmm. detergent I use how much you know soy milk I drink. Um, right on a regular basis to pre-order, stock up, you know, these specific materials um, by themselves without me even having to think about, oh, you know what, we need, uh, you know, green peppers. Oh, you know what, we need onions. Oh, we need this seasoning, Um, stuff like that. And and this is actually, I feel like it's it's super easy to to do now, Um, even without um, some aspects of it, without even using, things like uh, machine learning or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, 
that's that's probably as far as I want to go with it. That's a great point, though. I mean, I hate grocery shopping, dog. I, I'm yeah. telling you right now, like, I hate it with a passion. If I got to go down easy, you got people who be like, right, I'm going to go down each aisle during the whole time. I'm like, yo, I when I go in there, I'm like, dang, this is this is about to blow my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this whole aspect of grocery shopping about to blow my life. I'm I'm a minimalist to the foot. I will eat a certain type of food all week. Just because I'm like, yo, I just don't even want to have to go grocery store. I don't have to do any of that stuff, you know? Yeah. But I think that, like, you, that's a great point because, you you know, soap, whatever it is, you know, I mean, I think that, I think it is something that could be easy to go to do now. Mm-hmm. But I think that it has to be, like, enough data, like, historical pattern data that it's yeah. collected from yeah. you and that's, that's, and that's why I'm, 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 you know, I'm like, I don't know if that would even be too, you know, MLE for lack of a better term, but maybe on a more serious note, things like uh, which they which they do attempt to do now, and they probably have a lot of uh, machine learning and now predicting earthquakes, uh, uh, any type of weird climate climate change itself, um, um, uh, hurricanes, tornadoes. You know, one great thing would be you know you know, with all this data we have, try to predict when a tornado will happen. When will it occur? So you can give people even more warning to get out, you know, get out of the way. You know what I mean? Um, Things like that. Those are the things that I I can think of that I feel would uh, immediately be a benefit to uh, the world in general. Um, You know, tsunami warnings, earthquake, you know, all this stuff that they have now. And they actually do a pretty good job now, especially with tsunami warnings. But if we could just look at the patterns of weather um, and try to figure out, I mean, it'd be great if, you know, I could look at a forecast of a week and actually say to myself, this is going to be the weather for the week versus, you know, the first one day or two days is kind of accurate. Then the last, you know, uh, five or, you know, uh, right, right. whatever days, it's just completely off and it started right. raining out of nowhere or it's sunny and it told, they told me it was going to rain. So, right, right. Or you plan yeah. an adult vacation like a year from now, right? To Disneyland yeah. or something like that. You know, you're like, man, what about a plan adult vacation? But you really? know for sure that week that you that you pick yep. is gonna be on point and the weather's gonna be dope. Man, you know how much com- competition you're gonna have for that week, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> <Only my dog. laughs> that would be perfect. Oh man. Everybody gonna want that week, man. You know. Yep. So, yeah. What about you, Tyrell, man? What's what's your thoughts on something that AI and ML could really help out with? Um I guess maybe like predicting or um just catching diseases in, in, in their early stages. Right. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Good one. Absolutely good one. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know where they get the, the historical data from, but I guess if you could, like, get, I guess, give samples of your blood every six months or every year um, or other bodily fluids, whatever they need, and then they can sort of use all of this data to, I guess, to determine when people start deteriorate, deteriorating. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from there, be able to catch it early. I mean, versus, you know, you might even be able to predict out outbreaks. Um, mm, they are trying to do that. Yeah, that, that I don't see that as far fetched. But if if you look, if you have a, enough data, 
you may be able to pinpoint certain outbreaks when they may occur, where they're, you know, you just have to, it's all about the data, man. You don't know. The only thing about like, say this coronavirus going on, right? Like they yeah. were able to predict that this is about to be an outbreak based off of like, they saw some patterns going on. Like they have some companies that actually was saying, oh, like they were trying to get the word out like around December timeframe to everybody. And they were actually trying to do this. Like I have studies that show that right? they would like December, maybe even November, October, like some, whatever it started occurring. Mm. But it was something slight that they saw out there in China. And it was like, yo, this right here is about to get real. And they, <laughs> and they started sending some information out for them. And, and nobody really was you know, hearing them and stuff. You know? yeah. So, you know, that's a great point. You know, you can probably pick out those outbreaks and stuff. I don't know. You know, even like with the stuff we said, right, there's this thing called the chaos theory, right, that I've read about before. And it's the whole thing about like the butterfly effect and all that mm -hmm. stuff, right? And like a, a butterfly that's in Texas, like with the flap of his wings or her wings or whatever it is, wings, I don't know how that works, but with the flap of their wings and stuff, you know, they could actually um, cause a tsunami that occurs out there in some other like country and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, but they're in Texas. But like that wind or however it moves and then it, it impacts something else, it impacts something else. And, you know, if that happens at the exact time, you know, then it can, they can then it's the chaos there, just like the, uh, like the lottery, you know, like, like how can you really predict it, right? It's so chaotic and you can't really predict like stuff that are, that humans have this impact on, right? Because they could be emotional one day, they could be whatever another day or something like that you know and so it's hard to do that you know but i think all that stuff is possible you know i think that's real dope those ideas my only idea that i have is, is dealing with uh, autonomous vehicles and mm -hmm. i think that i just want that to be taken over i know that people have talked about it i just wanted to take over people get all crazy and scared over it and stuff you know but right. i'm like yo you could you could literally you you can make the prices go down from airplanes, right? Because of the fact that you have autonomous vehicles in place where now I can travel from the East Coast to the West Coast and I can just go to sleep. You know, I got a family of five or six, mm -hmm. you know? I ain't trying to spend all this money for us to fly over to California and stuff, yeah. you know, where I can take this, this car and we can all be watching movies. I can go to sleep, you know, kids can go to sleep, whatever it is. And now planes are looking ugly. So they're going to have to probably lower the prices so they can get better flights and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Um, all that stuff can occur, man. You know, shoot, you try to go to work, right? You know, you got an hour or something of traffic. You know, you can you can be working on your next business venture. You can be working on whatever it is, and you letting the car do all the work and stuff, you know. So I yep. think it, it definitely makes a lot of changes. And uh, I talked to you all earlier about education, being able to, um, to being able to, like, uh, look at the emotions of the students things are like digital as far as like uh, the instruction and things like that you know being able to gauge the emotions of the students being able to uh see if they're like, struggling or support and stuff like that so it's possible how to like change that you know i think that that's something that would be cool you know um but yeah man i'm going to end it man this has been uh it probably has been over the amount of times that i usually do and stuff you know but but I definitely appreciate y'all being on, man. You know, I'll just leave everybody with this dope data nugget. Uh, we we sit here and we always talk about how AI is going to take over, the robot is going to take over, all this stuff like that, you know. 
man, my personal opinion, even if you hear them, you know, well, I don't know, excluding Brian, he's a little scared and stuff, you know, <laughs> there. but, but if you hear, you know, us and stuff, you know, we don't know, right. You know, and I think that it's, it is right to say that AI will more so improve, you know, things and stuff. You can have where AI will become like a coding partner for programming, you know, where, where I think that, I think that software developers will use AI as like a coding pair and stuff like that to write better software and stuff as well. And so they can kind of piggyback off each other. So not really being scared of uh, the machine, but embracing the machine. And, and, and programmers will really remain important and stuff. You know, the true value of the programmer is not knowing how to build it. It's, it's really the, the value is in knowing what to build and stuff. And I think that the, the, the programmer will be able to, they know what to build. And I mean, eventually as you come up with patterns and things like that of knowing what to build, you know, I think that they will only be able to do whatever the human has been able to teach them and stuff. So I, that's just my, my thoughts and my, my, uh, my vision and stuff, you know, um, cause I, I just, I just make those bold statements like that, you know, but <laughs> I, I thank you, uh, Brian and Tyrell, man, for being on the podcast, man. I appreciate it as always. And, and thank you for all the help you've given me over the years from a programming standpoint, you know, as a, as, not being a true programmer, you know, you've been able to help me out with that. Um, so thank you audience for listening as usual. Uh, you've been listening to the data is my science podcast, the show that makes data your passion. And as always your host Dapper data, you know, sends love, sends love and blessing to you all. Uh, you can reach me at Mr. Dapper data on LinkedIn. You can reach me there on, um, at Mr. Dapper data on IG on Twitter any of the social media handles and stuff is Mr. Da Mr. Dapper Data. And uh, Brian and Tyrell, you know, let them know where they can reach you all. Is it the dark net? Is that it? <laughs> uh, yeah, not, I mean, you know, a little bit. Uh, I can only be reached on Twitter at right. underscore O-L-O-F-T. Okay, okay. And Tyrell? And I can be reached on Twitter at King underscore Flurry and, um, LinkedIn, Tyrell Flurry. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate y'all, man. And uh, talk to y'all later. Thank you for listening to The Data is My Science Podcast, the show that makes data your passion. With your host, Dapper Data.